Welcome to Eliminating Health, the UCSF School of Nursing's podcast that sheds light on health and healthcare issues affecting our daily lives. My name is Erin Ear, a current student in the Family Nurse Practitioner Specialty, and today I'm joined by Professor Stella Bialis and Jason Bloomer, a graduate of our school with a focus on health policy. Thank you both for joining today's episode. Thank you for having us. Nurses' unique perspectives are critical to shaping health policies and reforms that improve patient care. Stella and Jason have worked extensively in health policy. They join us to talk about their path to this work and why they feel it is essential for all nurses to have health policy training. Can each of you describe your current role and the work that you do? Jason, let's start with you. Sure. So I am currently an LVAD clinical coordinator at the New Mexico Heart Institute, just moved home uh, from San Francisco. My role is to manage a very specific set of patients uh, who have a left ventricular assist device. So essentially a pump that helps to move forward flow in their heart. Um, And while that may seem like a real clinical aspect, the fact that I am working so closely with my patients and in such a specialized area of nursing, Um, I've been able to use my health policy education and training in a way that, honestly, I was kind of surprised about. I see patients, you know, in clinic, in the hospital. I am their go-to point of contact for the program. And if they're running into issues with their disability paperwork or insurance issues or having troubles with any other sort of like Medicaid or uh, food stamps type things for my patients, I, you know, have picked up the gauntlet, so to speak, for our 35 patients we manage and have been working with legislators in the state to help increase funding uh, for our program to make sure that Medicaid reimburses us so that way we can continue seeing these patients. Because if we go away, there is nobody close for anybody in New Mexico. Um, As well as, you know, being the person who is putting up new policy recommendations. I've reviewed all of our policies and procedures. I've written policy drafts for our uh, lobbyists at our government relations department and use those same policy drafts that I learned how to draft in the program to help educate other providers, EMS teams and things like that for patients who we've newly implanted. Uh, So the skills, while focused in regulatory-ish type frame, is from the bedside all the way up to the World Health Organization. And so I've taken that and really run with it to use the skills that I've gained to make a difference in the patients that I see. Thank you for sharing, Jason. This sounds like such an expansive role. And Stella, can I invite you to share as well? Thank you. Yeah, so I teach in the health policy public health program, and uh, it is sort of my great pleasure to teach nurses from all sort of backgrounds doing working all kinds of uh, different settings from communities to intensive care units to highly specialized units and to talk about how policy influenced their clinical practice. You know, clinical problems are not policy problems, but they are influenced by policies and they may determine new policies that are needed. So what I do is really teaching how these skills uh, to understand how policy works to improve health and decrease uh, inequities. It's something that all nurses um, having those skills they can use no matter where they go with those uh, skills or where their job lead them to. And of course I do my own research. Could you both share what inspires you to push for the change in health policy? Having been a bedside nurse for about a decade now, 
I've worked at many different facilities, many different situations, and in one of the poorest states in the country. Um, I've watched and have been raised by, I come from poverty. I've watched people get overlooked, not get the healthcare that they need or de and deserve because there's no funds, there's no access. And people deserve to have access to good, high quality, safe and effective healthcare. And so having come from an environment where there is not a good foundational support in rural communities, coming from that environment and then having worked in hospitals and seen injustices, seen, you know, the impact of, you know, how we need to advocate for social justice and social change and actually see how that affects people. Um, that is what drives me. Because if I don't do it, who's going to? And I have a voice, I have a knowledge, I have the education, I have the training, and I'm uniquely positioned in my home state to be able to make a difference in a way that I believe only I can, or very few people like me can. And I take that mantle seriously. I'm a nurse now, forever, for always. And again, advocacy, being that voice is the most important thing to me of, as a nurse. And I will continue doing that until I'm blue in the face or can't anymore. I think that my biggest source of inspiration is the students and knowing that I can perhaps play a little bit of a role in supporting them to do more because I have a firmly belief and a big passion for the voice of nurses and the power of nurses to be the change that we need to see to eliminate health inequities, to provide better health for our population. And so, but the, the source of inspiration is really and the privilege it is to be able to work with students and contribute in whatever way I can to get them to continue to growth in their policy uh, journey. Is there a health policy improvement that you have been a part of that you are particularly proud of? Absolutely. Um, and ironically, it was what led me to UCSF. Um, I, having been on the board of the New Mexico Nurses Association and having been a nurse, a young nurse working in for-profit rural New Mexico, um, ended up running into roadblocks that I felt were unsafe um, and put not only my patients, but my license in jeopardy. Um, and I was very impacted with how nonchalant some of my colleagues treated how things were going. This is the way it is, it's the way it's always going to be. There's just nothing we can do about it. Uh, well, that's the wrong answer for me. Uh, that's never the right answer in my mind. So we worked for three years. I spearheaded and was the um, representative for the New Mexico Nurses Association in a joint task force mandated by the New Mexico legislature to the Board of Nursing to look into and mirror the Texas Safe Harbor for Nurses Act. So after three years of working on a task force and being the representative, I was a star or the key witness for the nursing profession at the state legislature uh, in committee hearings and before the whole body uh, to really put into perspective what not being able to stand up and say no as a nurse and have to deal with repercussions of getting fired because I was doing my job and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, how unacceptable that was. 
so after three years of work and fighting and, you know, working with different organizations and, you know, trying to make things through, uh, we passed the Safe Harbor for Nurses Act in New Mexico, which allows registered nurses in the state of New Mexico or licensed practical nurses to be able to refuse an assignment or refuse an order from a provider that we believe is unsafe or out of our scope of practice determined by the individual nurse based on their assessment of their education, training, and competency to be able to carry out the order or the assignment. And if we feel it's not safe, we verbalize that. The hospital has to do a hard stop, review that situation, see if we can get an extra tech, an extra nurse, change assignments around to make it safer. And ultimately, if nothing is done and harm does occur, it prevents the hospitals from retaliating against their nurses for refusing to do any intervention or order that they said was not safe. And it also prevents them from reporting them to the Board of Nursing for disciplinary action. Uh, so that is my proudest moment, and I'm sure there's more to come. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really, I love a lot of what I do, so it's almost hard to pick one thing. But I think I want to highlight, particularly for us here, I think I'm going to go back to the work I have done uh, in collaboration with Professor uh, Linda Serna from UCLA, and it was called the Tobacco-Free Nurses. And that was an effort to really try to bridge policy and clinical practice and to change standards of clinical practice as well as stand is changing some policies in nursing organization and highlighting the fact that, you know, nurses are very well positioned and they could have a very significant impact in changing the tobacco epidemic. And what I'm really proud of that work is that we backtracked and said at that time when we started, there was still a significant number of nurses themselves who used tobacco. And so we're like, you know what, let's take care of ourselves. And so we launched a whole program to support nurses quitting before we then launch into our program in educating nurses to help their patients quit. And I'm really proud uh, to see that, you know, nurses are less and less, and we still have a lot of work to do with some groups of nurses uh, that are still um, smoking at high rates. But I think it was really a, a moment that we said, okay, let's take care of ourselves and let's value our contributions and let's get ourselves in a good health space before we then start changing policies and educating nurses how to help others. And uh, that was a fantastic uh, experience. Would each of you be willing to provide how health policy is an aspect of your work? Nurses are born advocates. It's what we do. It's one of the most fundamental things that makes a nurse a nurse beyond keeping our patients safe. And I found that my voice as a nurse does carry weight, whether we realize it or not. Uh, it just needs to, it's a muscle like anything else that we need to flex and grow and learn how to use appropriately. Um, and so not only am I an LVAD clinical coordinator, I work with the New Mexico Nurses Association, having been a past board member on multiple advocacy avenues, uh, working with the state legislature and federal officials. And so a large part of my role in that and at the bedside is to advocate for my patients because at the end of the day, everybody has their own things that they want to see done. And we need to make sure the voice of the patient is being heard and being heard the loudest. So I take my role as advocate seriously. 
And I use my voice education and training every day to make sure that I amplify uh, and resoundingly stand firm in advocating for my patients and being their voice, not only in healthcare as they're receiving care, uh, but on the state and federal level too, because there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to make healthcare work for everybody, not just selected few. Yeah, and just to add, I think Jason provided some great examples. I'm just going to say that I have done, I'll just highlight two things that are one more uh, very public health oriented, which is uh, extensive work that I have done for decades in terms of uh, advocating for smoke-free environments. So all people are allowed to work, uh, have fun, but particularly work in uh, spaces that are free from harmful exposure to tobacco smoke. And I have done a lot of work on that. We're still doing some ongoing work, it hasn't finished yet. And that's work that, again, very much focus on direct public health benefits and a very big policy at both at the local, state, and global level. I have done this work and it's very rewarding and work that we have seen progress. Some people who are Young now may not know, but there were times where, you know, you go to a restaurant and they'll say smoking or non-smoking, or uh, you go in hostels and there'll be people smoking, you know, uh, either in the report room or outside the emergency room, which there's still some states where you see that happening. So that has been a, a big a part of my career. The other work that I have done, they really have been engaging with dire directly with nurses at the bedside is to change policies where every patient get asked about their tobacco use status and every patient that claim to use tobacco get offered advice to quit. And that's something about basically trying to change policies and what is good standard of care, what is good nurses, what a good nurse does at the bedside or at the community or at the clinic. So currently uh, working with providers of HIV care to see how to integrate that component. And I have worked with uh, providers in cancer care, and I have worked with providers of TB care and all kinds of uh, different clinical providers to, again, change the policies on how you incorporate uh, uh, this preventative and treatment care into standards. Yeah, I'm definitely hearing that the advocacy comes from both, just hearing both of your perspectives. And with that, I'm interested to hear from the two of you, how are nurses uniquely positioned to shape and improve health policies? We are the largest workforce in healthcare. We have over 4 million nurses in the country. We've been nominated and selected as the most trusted profession ongoing for over a decade except for when 9-11 happened and the firefighters deserved it. So with those two things, the public trusts us, our, patient trusts, our patients trust us, um, but we're also the ones who are doing the work. And that's the big key for me. Um, you know, in the program, we learn things about like forward mapping and backward mapping ideas. And that's essentially coming from a thought of, I want to go, we want to take our program to Z. We're going to go to Z. And that's the goal. And you drive, drive, drive to go to Z, but you don't think about how it's going to be implemented all the way down at the lowest levels. And sometimes you have to take that process and say, okay, let's get to Z. But instead of saying driving from the CEO or driving from the governor or whoever else, you take it to the lowest level in the chain. So in our case, it could be the nurse, it could be the PCA, it could be the pharmacy tech. And you look at 
how do these people get to this goal in a safe, effective, and efficient manner? And if we allowed those things to happen, we could do things, save money, and make great progress. But a lot of people don't think about that. You know, we have people in power and positions of authority who get to make those decisions, and it doesn't really affect them to think about, oh, we want to get to Z, but it's going to be way too much work on our nurses at the bedside. And so I feel that if we use our voice, our advocacy, not just for our patients, not just for our profession, but for our roles and what we do, it'll allow us to start making improvements and actually moving forward. So the nurse is uniquely positioned, one from a place of trust and respect, but also from the person who's going to do things. Not to mention, we're all pretty smart. So if you give us the opportunity to succeed and help you find a way to get to Z, we're going to find the most efficient, effective, and appropriately safe way to get there. Yeah, I I agree completely with what Jason just said. I just, uh, you know, we are like that linkage, right? We can put the pieces together and that's why we're so uniquely. So if you are an emergency room nurse and you see patients that come in, for treatment in the emergency room for something that should have been done at the primary care level or the, at the community health clinic. You are the nurse that see that. And then what are the policies that fail this patient and how can we make these changes? If you are an ICU nurse and you're discharging a patient and there's no home care provided, there's no visiting, you know, what are the policies that are going to fail this patient? And you're going to end up seeing this patient being coming back to the hospital, for example. If you work in public health and you're trying to create an immunization program, but there is no funds to outreach to communities in rural areas, or there is no funding to outreach for uh, communities that might be um, for the unhoused, how you as a public health nurse can influence policy to advocate for your patients. So I think nurses are the ones who are very closely together with patients and they can be like that experience and that voice is like, I've seen what happens when your policy fails and here are the way we're going to fix these policies to stop failing our population and our patients. Thank you both for your long-term commitment and dedication. The UCSF School of Nursing is one of the few schools around the country to offer a health policy and public health nursing specialty. Jason, you studied health policy at our school and graduated in 2021. How did your educational experience impact you and your work? It is more rewarding than I ever thought it would have been. I was ready and excited having been an advocate and worked for the association for years before coming to school. And in my mind, I initially thought I'm just going to codify everything I was already doing. Um, But you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, I'm going to give props to Stella because having gone through her courses, having seen how, you know, we nursing and healthcare in the United States dealt with big tobacco and all of the things that went along with it and formed the repository, I took lessons from lessons already learned. And so when fighting for equity and my patients and for the nursing profession, I see the same tactics that I learned in that class that were used in the past being repeated over and over and over again. So I have an inside playbook into how to push back against a system that isn't designed for everybody and ensure that the system at least is aware that it's not designed for everybody and put the onus and the pressure on the system and our regulators and 
legislators to make the change that needs to be changed. Because at the end of the day, if you can afford health care, it doesn't affect you. But if you come from poverty like I do, you may go a year with the, you know, a tooth that becomes infected and cause more problems. So I have a playbook and skill sets that are going to make me a more valuable fighter and advocate for everything it is to change healthcare in the United States. Thank you, Jason. I'd love to hear from the both of you if you think all nurses should have training in health policy. I do believe that, you know, not every nurse is going to be a health policy professional exclusive. Not every nurse is going to work on Capitol Hill, although hopefully more nurses will do that too. Or not every nurse is going to be uh, engaged in their uh, state or national nursing or professional organization. But every nurse is already working in policy, whether they know it or not, um, because that's that's what it, they might be just implementing, but they're still engaged in policy, even if they're at the implementation level. So I think some training and skills on how the policy process work, how policy change happens can only help. Again, not everybody's going to embrace that as their lifelong commitment of career, but having those skills can only benefit and make them better advocates and better healthcare providers. Yeah. And I I mean, I I definitely have to bring in on what Sela said. That is facts. As easy as you can say, that's a fact. Uh, nurses work in policy every day. And again, like I said, from the bedside to the World Health Organization, we're there, we're doing the work, and you're either implementing policy, or you may be on a committee that allows you to shape policy on your unit, in your hospital, in your state. And having an appropriate training and advocacy and in policy and to know the tools, the tricks, the things that are going to help you to be successful is going to benefit every nurse. And in turn, if nurses succeed, our patients succeed. And as if our patients succeed, our society succeeds. So yes, nurses at the bedside in health policy should have at least some fundamental foundational training. I, I love that when you said not every nurse is in policy and they don't realize it, but policy is, is in everything that we do. So thank you for just shedding light on that. Stella, you are recognized nationally and internationally as an expert in the field of tobacco control and cancer. You have worked with both the World Health Organization and the National Cancer Institute to shape public health policies in this area. Why is it essential to have nurses involved in shaping health policy at the national and international levels? I think nurses should be everywhere. Like Jason said, you know, we are the largest group of healthcare providers, you know, uh, globally, not just in the United States, it's the largest numbers. And I think that developing or implementing or coming up with policies or defining problems without the input of nurses, it's already shortchanging whatever that policy might be, because you're going to be missing a key ingredient or an essential element of how that problem is gonna be solved or that policy is gonna be implemented. The other thing that I really like about the work that I do is the opportunity not only to work interdisciplinary, but to demonstrate that nurses work in such a variety fields. Nurses are everywhere. Nurses are not just on the bad side. They are very important. Nurses are in public health clinics. Nurses are in in developing health programs. Nurses are in the forefront 
or maybe leading research. Nurses are in ministries of health. They are everywhere. And so I think one of the joys of getting nurses involved is to also continue to demonstrate uh, that the, the power and the versatility of having a nursing degree and how you prepare to really engage at many, many different levels. And a lot of times I think there is a social or society perception of nurses as just being the ones providing the bedside care, which again, I used to do that and I still love it, but um, there's way more to that. And I think continue to shine a light on the many roles nurses play all over the world um, is always important and engaging policy is one of these roles. Our school, the UCSF School of Nursing is launching a new pathway that will enable people with a bachelor's degree in nursing to choose a nursing specialty while working to achieve the Doctor of Nursing Practice degree, which is the highest clinical degree in the nursing profession. The specialty options include the health policy and public health nursing specialty, and it will be the first in the nation. Stella, can you say why this is an important step forward for the field of nursing? Oh yeah, I am so excited and not just me, but there's an entire uh, group of faculty that is very excited about this potential. I think that the DNP is definitely a, a program that is preparing nurse leaders, nurse leaders that will change clinical practice, that will change public health practice. And I think that not everybody that wants to be a nurse leader may want to be, for example, a nurse practitioner or a family nurse practitioner or pediatric or whatever uh, other specialties are there. So there are uh, groups of people that really going to be very interesting at making changes and doing leadership at the upstream, trying to make changes in the way public health programs are developed or in the way policies are developed that will benefit their patients in a more um, community or population level basis. So again, and I want to highlight that a lot of people may think that, oh, choosing this, that means I'm giving up uh, being a clinical nurse or being on the bedside or working directly patients. And I think Jason's probably one of, one of the examples that, no, you can do both. You can continue to have your direct contact with patients if that's what you really love. And, and at the same time, you can get the skills and the knowledge to start developing uh, health policy and public health programs that would only improve your ability and the ability of your colleagues to do a better, uh, better care for these patients. So I think it's a, a matter of choice for where you wanna feel like you wanna make the greatest impact and what, which level and for the nurses who really wanna make the impact uh, more in the upstream of the health uh, system, um, this is going to be a great uh, specialty for them. Thanks, Stella. I love that you mentioned that it's always a growing profession and education is never ending. It's always a learning and growing opportunity in this profession. So thank you for, for mentioning that. With that, I want to thank the both of you for joining us on this episode of Illuminating Health. And thank you to our listeners. We look forward to connecting with you next time.